peeps we're back as always i'm your host lee bents and this is the aew insider this is a little bit of a surprise episode due to all the wrestling news that happened last week and pay-per-views what have you plus the two big ones or three big ones we have this weekend so of course we're going to start with some aew news even though we need to do some pay-per-view coverage because this is the aew insider remember to check us out on twitter and facebook all right let's get to it this episode's of, week's episodes of Being the Elite started with Matt and Nick talking about long-term booking or wrestlers that they want to do in the future. The librarian, Leva Bates, came up to them and thanked her for her role. I must say that Leva Bates is hot AF, even hotter out of her costume. What a body on that check. But besides that, she's great in her role, and I can't see what she wait to see what she does with it in the future. The part... Uh, it was right before she walked up. Nick was writing on a list about long-term booking ideas. If you literally didn't pause, this, pause it and pause it, pause it inch by inch, frame by frame, you won't even read what it says. You won't be able to read what it says, but that's what I'm here for. I've seen what it says, but I have really no idea what one thing meant. Anyway, if you do know what it means, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook and tell me what you think it is. Uh, the first one said title chase. So for one of their titles, they're going to have some kind of tournament. You know what I mean? It's not like an actual 24-7 chasing around. I think they're going to have some big tournament for one of their titles. So that'll be good. Uh, it's one. The second thing said, should Kenny be a jobber? Like Kenny Omega, I mean, not, you know, win all the time. Should he be a jobber for AEW, which is just ridiculous. And then the third one said ghost with three question marks. The ghost, I don't get. I don't know if that's one of the people they killed off of being the elite, like Joey Ryan. It can't be Adam Cole because he's with NXT and doing good. But I don't know. I'm thinking maybe it's one of the people that they have and maybe long-term they're going to act like the ghost wants revenge. I don't know. But those are the three things his paper said for ideas for long-term booking. Title chase, Kenny Omega being a jobber, and the word ghost. Uh, Mick Foley had a funny cameo. They highlighted Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Their man crushed between each other some more. SCO did their worst town ever bit again. And Brandon Cutler did a mailbag, and he answered some fans' questions. He's in the cosplay, and his wife makes costumes for wrestlers, so you can only imagine how awesome his cosplay costumes are. So check it out. Sean Spears has agreed to do a sit-down interview with none other than good old JR to explain his actions of hitting Cody with the chair. That'll be on, I think, this week's episodes of Road to Fighter Fest, if not on one of them soon. I can't wait for that to air. Uh, Brandon Cutler did a very good interview with guess who? You got it, Chris Van Valet or Valite, whatever the hell it is. Check it out. Uh, Kenny Omega has talked more about the AEW video game with the AKI engine. I can't wait for this to happen. If they use that fucking engine, engine it will be a game changer a game breaker like i said it's the same engine that they made nwo versus the world wcw versus nwo and one of the best wrestling games if not one of the best games ever wrestlemania 2000 so i it's gonna be freaking amazing it has come to light that AEW, a.k.a. Tony Khan, will let MJF do whatever it takes to get over. So that means all the time you see him and hate him, it's only going to get worse, and I fucking love it. I met him at WrestleCon, and he's just on. The guy's constantly on, 24-7, calling people fat, saying, give me your money, don't touch me, what have you. Great work, MJF. Keep it up, man. 
Dustin Rhodes posted a pic with him laying on the couch with his dog on top of him. Normally, I wouldn't just talk about that. I don't have a Dustin Rhodes fanish or fantasy, anything like that. But holy fuck, it is legit one of the biggest dogs I have ever seen. Like, bigger than Cujo. It's insane. He's almost the size of Dustin. I mean, it's crazy. My friend Jim had a dog like that. It looked like Beethoven or St. Bernard. This dog's even bigger. You got to see that pic. Uh, the AEW charity pay-per-view, Fight for Fallen in Jacksonville, takes place this Saturday. So you know I will do a prediction show and a result show. So your peeps are lucky enough to hear this luscious voice not once but three times this week. And it'll actually be, excuse me, five times this week. Because on Sunday, they also have the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. So Saturday, we got a Fight for Fallen from Jacksonville, the charity event. While that's going on, you got Evolve's uh, 10th anniversary show, because WWE hates having, you know, anybody steal their shine. And then the next day, you have Extreme Rules on Sunday. So it's another big, busy week of wrestling rule news. <clears throat> It was just announced that SCU, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian will be taking on the Lucha Brothers. That match is going to be effing insane. And Chris Daniels will be at ringside. Don't mind me, I'm a little bit sick and it's real early. I won't get doing this before work for you guys. We're trying to. Uh, well, here we are on to Impact Slammiversary 17. Well, before we get to Slammiversary, it must be known that Killer's Cro Killer Cross's call was answered. They say be careful of what you wish for, and guess what? He sure got it. In Vegas, after a match or before a match, him and his valet, that Bordeaux chick, the hot woman, were in the ring calling people out, what have you, doing a little promo. John Moxley came out and interrupted. I believe it was his hometown. That's what Curly Cross said uh, anyway. Him and Cross had a decent impromptu match. A lot of like real high school wrestling moves is, is, uh, compared to the usual sports entertainment. A bunch of refs came out. Mox and Cross knocked them out. And then Cross just stood across the room and pretty much gave him props. Mox gave him props, you know what I mean? He pretty much said, I don't like anybody talking shit on the internet. So that's why I showed up. And he left. I can't wait for these two in an official match very, very soon. Now let's get on to Slammiversary results. Willie Mack did defeat TJP, Jake Christ, and Trey of the Rascals. Christ had just a, a Christ hit would what you call a cutter on Trey when Mac came off the top rope to nail Jake for the one, two, three. At the end they show us a little of the end of the tag team title match from Friday's Bash at the Brewery, where North defeated LAX to win the titles. Ethan Page used the championship as a weapon when the referee wasn't looking to help them win. This Ethan Page is good man. I didn't even know how long he's been in the game. If you watch a show like the wrestler would have you, they show him. It's crazy. But I'm really not gonna get into all this because I have it all written out, but I'll just give the results. So the North did defeat uh, LA, LAX, which is nuts. LAX's contract's up soon, too, so that's probably why they're losing the belts now because everybody knows they want to go elsewhere. Uh, Eddie Edwards did defeat Killer Cross in the first blood match, and Killer Cross came out with some sick face paint, so kind of like serpent in the rainbow paint with the white and the cross and the black. It looks dope. Killer Cross is doing big things. Uh, Rolando Mendez tried to interview Tessa Blanchard backstage, but she just grabs and pushes him into the wall. That match is going to be awesome. Uh, let me see. All right, they did have the four-woman the four woman match. It was Taya Valkyrie, the champion, versus Rosemary, versus Jessica Havoc, versus Sue Young in a Monster Balls match. 
like for the women's knockout title. Like I just breeze over this, but the internet is a buzz on fire. This match was effing awesome. These ladies went all out and seriously could have hurt each other. Havoc did a tombstone like off the second rope. One little miss and you're paralyzing somebody. Like it was friggin' dope. But in the end, Havoc tombstone Sue Young from the second rope, like I said, right onto a bunch of tacks. But Taya nails Jessica with the chair and pins Sue herself to retain her title. Uh, Johnny Impact fought Rich Bond for Rich Bond's X Division Championship title. Uh, Johnny Impact's lackey John Abri- Johnny Bravo tried helping multiple times until finally Swan takes him out with a dive. Uh, Rich wins after delivering a series of kicks and a couple of cutters and then a Phoenix Splash onto him. Uh, Brian Cage defeated Michael Elgin to retain the Impact World Championship, which is awesome. I like Elgin. I don't think he got treated right over in New Japan. I'm glad they're treating him right here at Impact, but his push is way too fucking soon, so he doesn't need to be the champion. And then the match of the night, it wasn't even a championship match. Everybody just knew it would be the match of the night, and it fucking was. Was my dog Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. Tessa put up a hell of a fight and kicked out a ton of match ending moves, but a cactus special was the winning move for Callahan. After the match, it looked like Sammy was about to beat Tessa up with both bats, the gold one she brought out and the one he brought out, but instead he handed a bat and walked to the ring, excuse me, as she walked to the ring with the show of respect. So she brought her bat to the ring. At the end, instead of beating her with both bats, he gave her a bat back like, I respect you. That match was fucking amazing. Anything Tessa Blanchard's in, especially her female matches or anything, are just ridiculous. And I can't wait for more promotions to start doing these intergender matches. Because when they're done right, they're fucking sick. Uh, the draw took to Twitter before and after the pay-per-view, which is Sammy Callahan. Somebody tweeted that a lot of people were buying it for the Sammy vs. Tessa mask. He told Impact thank him for another buy. After that, he went off for Simon from World Culture Wrestling. He says that they've been talking a lot of shit or acting like Impact doesn't exist on their new YouTube channel. Uh, at the recording of this last night, I mean, at the recording of this, World Culture did respond. They posted a video in response. You can check it out on AEW Insider on Twitter. Uh, Jordan Grace was pick, was pick happy this weekend. She was taking a lot of nice shirts, shots of her in a one-piece bikini. Check out the Twitter for those. Uh, fans tagged Sabu and showed him his tattoo. He had a Sabu. Sabu simply replied that it was the worst pick he've ever seen. <laughs> Fucking savage. Sabu on the internet is savage, and so is... Uh, New Jack from, um, what you call it, the gangsters. Those two, like, people want them banned off of Twitter because they don't give a fuck what they say. People, that's all that. And as a little bonus, I added two videos. A great match against Eli Drake and JTG from Crime Time. Uh, check it out. It's awesome. I'm gonna, I, I always post wrestling videos of amazing matches, but every week I'm going to highlight one and let you guys know about it so you can check it out. So definitely go on to Twitter because that JTG and uh, excuse me Eli Drake match is just sick. And then also, what was I going to say? I can't even talk today. And then also I posted a pic of Kenny Omega when he literally in Japan wrestled a 9 year old child it's not a joke it's not fake kenny omega fucking wrestled a nine-year-old i'm telling you go to the twitter and check it out it's fucking ridiculous um damian sandow posted a video online he said he attended a local wrestling event the other night and he said that he misses it he said a lot's changed in the two years since he's been gone and the business needs him blah 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 so he's going to be making his return which means i couldn't cut it as an actor so i need to pay the rent all right but uh some of our sources that we get our news from are the Wrestling Observer, PW Insider, Frightful.com, WrestleTalk, Cultaholic, Sean's View, Ringside News, 
Pro Wrestling Sheet, WWF Old School, Body Slam Net, and Sam Roberts, just to name a few. We'll be back. We got the results for the G1 Climax opener in Dallas for New Japan. I've got some WWE news and some movie and TV news right back. So definitely make sure you uh, like, us, share, subscribe, what have you. I apologize. That's my alarm for work, guys. Don't kill me. I'm not recording that segment. It's already 11-something long. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, definitely like, share, and subscribe with us and all that. And I'll be back. It's Lee Benz on the AEW Insider. I apologize. We've got to pay the bill some real quick. Then i got to go to work and pay some more bills. Hey, guys. Welcome back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benz, and you're joining the AEW Insider. I tried doing this this morning before work, as I was saying, and getting it out to you, but it just didn't work out. Somebody called, blah, blah, blah. It was a big mess. But I'm not going back and redoing that whole first part of the segment, even though the alarm went off during it, because I love Anchor as a recording app for a podcast, but the editing for it does suck, so I'm not scrapping the whole thing. But let's move on to some WWE news, and then we do have results of the G1 in Dallas opener. A major online rumor has been going on behind the scenes, and I love it. I pray it's true. It's about a real draft for SummerSlam. Uh, excuse me, well, after SummerSlam. Bischoff and Heyman want a different sh- f- feel for both their shows, which it should be. You don't want the same thing like it's been. They want a different stage, different lighting, different titantrons, different stars, everything. They want to do it after SummerSlam behind closed doors. So it'll be like a legit draft, and we'll do away with stupid things like a superstar shakeup, what have you. Please, WWE, make this come to fruition. Uh, it has come to light that the Iconics, the Iconics would have had some real competition after WrestleMania if things went as planned. It was none other than the Bella Twins. But we all know the sad news about Nikki Bella. And if you don't, that is why you should subscribe and listen to the AEW Insider because we covered it in the past. Do your homework, people. Uh, it was all set and Nikki's neck started hurting. So she, she went in for an x-ray and that's when they found the cyst or the tumor that is on her brain. So all the best wishes to the Bellas and her family, you know what I mean? It is a very, very sad situation. I hope it all works out for you, Nikki. Uh, once again, just real quick as a note, my daughter and I will be attending High Intensity 8 on August 9th in Jamaica, New York, and also Northeast Wrestling, Wrestling Under the Stars on August 18th in Music, Pennsylvania. I will have coverage of, and results of both events, so definitely stay tuned. All right, back to WWE. Another rumor that keeps popping up, and even WWE.com asked the question themselves, so you know they're probably going to do it for another overseas event, is what would you think of a match between Undertaker and Sting? Now, I love my legends. I grew up on them. I'm lucky that my all-time fave Triple H still takes to the ring in Jericho also. Uh, of course, but uh, everybody loves their legends. But we just seen what happened recently with Taker and Goldberg. And uh, we know Rollins injured Sting a couple of WrestleMania years back. I would want to see it, but just let it go, WWE. All that blood money you took from Saudi Arabia, and now you guys want to turn back the clock so you could produce content for them? It's ridiculous. But WWE did at .com did asked the questions and a lot of superstars in the current roster gave their opinions of who would win uh definitely check it out on the aew insider on twitter Zelina Vega was on Busted Open Radio yesterday. She was talking about her big intergender match that was on Monday Night Raw. Uh, it's, it is her and Andrade versus Seth and Becky, if you watched it. I wrote this yesterday. I didn't have time to put it out for you guys. Uh, let me see. 
All right, I wanted to just touch on the point of intergender matches. I can't wait for Raw to actually do, like, male versus female. Because when those matches are done right, <coughs> Tessa Blanchard, they can be amazing. So I hope they, you know, raise a curtain on that. Because they're all about women, women's power, women's revolution. We'll let them start wrestling some men, if they can pull it off. Not everybody can. Uh, speaking of Raw, uh, this was Heyman's second week in charge last night. And I have to say, I wasn't impressed. He doesn't have control of it fully, what have you. Vince is still the puppeteer behind the scenes. But last week, you could see his fingerprint all over everything. With the opening and Braun, Corey Graves, the Maria Canellas, And this week, too, with the Canellas, what have you. He did, a, he did all right this week, but it was still it was still boring. Like WrestleTalk said, all the major segments that take up the most time, Beth and Secchi, uh, Becky... Vincent, uh, excuse me, Roman, excuse me, Shane and Roman and Drew, they're boring, so it's garbage, besides the 24-7 one. Um, speaking of Maria Keller, she said in the interview she would not, well, she does want to end her career in WWE. Well, that's not a surprise to me. If uh, they paid me and my partner $500,000 a year minimum for doing nothing, I'd want to end it there also. It must be nice. Uh, WWE and the Raw Bible took a shot at the Young Bucks on Twitter. I would say stupid move, but we know if you're a fan of the Elite and uh, the Young Bucks, what well, for year? For, uh, excuse me, uh, what have you? For years, they've been doing shots at the Revival with the whole "fuck the Revival" revolution. Uh, so I mean, you can't even get mad at them. But you can check that out also on uh, Twitter. Uh, fans attacked Corey Graves online and told him pretty much to stop using Renee Young as his doormat. They tagged Stephanie McMahon in the tweet. You know, Corey does not bite his tongue online. His response was to the fans to please let him and Renee do their jobs and have fun and try, instead of trying to turn it into a fucking social issue. Nice, Graves. Nice. Uh, and in a surprise, to me, a big, big friggin' surprise, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson actually re-signed with WWE. It's nuts. They should have been gone back to New Japan or AEW. I knew Anderson wasn't going to go back to New Japan because the only really thing he loves about WWE, probably besides the money, is that he is an American next to his family. But you know they don't use these guys. They were part of the hottest faction. They were beginning members of the Bullet Club when Finn Balor was the original leader before AJ even joined over in New Japan. Those guys are huge over there. WWE seen that, they signed them and their boy AJ, and they buried the Good Brothers. But they actually signed for five years for 500000 a year minimum. That's all. All these big contracts are getting people to sign before their contracts are even coming up like a year in advance if they can. And they're giving them crazy amounts of money because they don't want them to go to AEW. Now, they're getting their push right now with AJ in the club. But you know in five months, the storyline is going to go be gone and they're not going to be anything. So you, after the five months, you guys still got four to friggin' have four and a half months at four years and oh, excuse me a half a year four and a half years left listen to me today but it's just ridiculous it's just stupid but hey man it makes zero sense to me but i'm not making the money they are either so fuck it more power to you good brothers as long as you guys are happy i was just surprised about that one big time um, all right, let's get on to the G1 Climax results. Uh, New Japan's G1 Climax started last week in America. It was held in Dallas, Texas, and it was a hell of a show. As we know, New Japan Pro Wrestling is trying to branch that gap to the American audiences. Here's the results. Uh, the opening match was Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa defeated Sho and Yo. So Sho and Yo are from Rapunzel 3000, and uh, Tama and them are in the Bullet Club, and they're the, they're the shit. Uh, so that was the bomb match, and uh, the Peace won, and it was a hot opener.
uh, Jeff Cobb, who also wrestles in Ring of Honor, what have you. He and Ren Narita did defeat Nomohiro Ishii and Shoto Omino. Like some of you guys listen to this, like what the fuck is he talking about? But if you're a fan of New Japan, then you know who these guys are. If not, you can pause it and go Google it. I'm telling you, if you don't watch New Japan, you're missing out. New Japan is fucking awesome. Uh, also, we did have Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi. They did defeat actually Bullet Club's Jay White and Chase Owens. That was a great match. And even though Jay White and Chase Owens lost, just the story they tell and the reactions backstage in a bomb. Jay White's one of the best in the game. And Chase Owens, too. People are like, why is he in a Bullet Club? Blah, blah, blah. You look at the guy, you wouldn't think anything, but he's fucking awesome. All right. And after that, they did have Toru Yano. Juice Robinson, and who's my dog, and Jushin Liger, Tiger, they defeated Tetsui Naito, Shingo Tagi, and Bushi. So pretty much Juice Robinson, and uh, excuse me, a legend which was in Jushin Liger and Tiger, and their other their partner, did defeat uh, Los, whatever they are. They're a faction over there. I can never pronounce their name, but you know what they are. It's Naito, uh, Bushi, and Tagagi. Yo, Tagagi is awesome. All right, uh, then we they got down to some good matches because this whole G1 is a tournament. There's block A, there's block B, there's a big tournament. I think it goes on a month long, if not longer. And then the winner is a big star. I'm pretty sure he gets a shot at the belt at their next year's Wrestle Kingdom, which is their WrestleMania. So it's a very, very exciting event, and it's been going on for 29 years now. So in uh, the opening block for a block A match, Lance Archer defeated Will Ospreay, which is fucking nuts because Will Ospreay is the best that they have right now. After that, I'd say like Zack Sabre Jr. But you know what? Well, this the whole G1 block thing goes by points. So they're giving Lance Archer a little push right at the beginning so he can get some shine and hopefully it'll carry him through the competition, get his name out there. But Will Ospreay is probably going to be the one who wins it, to be honest. But anyway, that's a good win, Lance Archer. That was a fucking awesome match. Uh, another block A match was Bad Lock Fale versus Evil. Bad Lock Fale won, which is awesome because the Bullet Club is the best. We also had Sonata against Zack Sabre Jr. And Sonata did win against Zack Sabre Jr. Like I said, Zack Sabre Jr. is the second best they have, but I'm a huge fan of Sonata. I actually hope he leaves Los whatever they are and goes on his own, but Sonata's awesome. Uh, for a fourth block A match, we did have Kenta against Koto Abushi. Kenta was actually, uh, damn, I can't even think of his name now because I'm on here. He was a guy from NXT, the Japanese guy who was over there, Hiroshi or Hir- Hiroshimi, whatever the hell it is. But he stunk. He kept getting injured, blah, blah, blah. He asked for his release and he went back. After this is over, his name will come to me. But he's over in New Japan, so they're trying to give him a push. So they actually had him just like they had the other guy beat out Will Ospreay. He actually beat Koto Abushi, which is bullshit. And that match wasn't that great. I seen him do a bunch of botches. You messed this up in New Japan. Japan, dude. You're not going to have anywhere else to go left. Uh, and the final block A match was Okada against Tanahashi, which is amazing. And Okada pulled out that one with that Rainmaker. All right, just real quick, I don't mean to bore you guys. I want to get to some movie and TV news. Uh, if you don't like it, you can tune out now. I thank you so, so much for joining us. It's a big week. I'm going to have a pre-show and result shows for uh, excuse me, Fight for the Fallen, AEW's pay-per-view Saturday, and Extreme Rules, WWE's pay-per-view. Plus, uh, I'm going to have wrestling news all the way up until then, so definitely stay tuned with me throughout the weekend. Again, this is Lee Benson, AEW Insider. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, what have you. 
Real quick on some movie news. Shudder, the TV channel. It's like an online internet TV channel. You can, just can subscribe for a couple of dollars a month. It's all horror. It's pretty good. Uh, I know that Creep Show, the movie, is going to be a TV show. So it's already been filmed. It's shot. Shudder is releasing it soon in the fall. And uh, they gave a little peek at their six-episode arc that they had already shot. You can't see it, of course, but if you go on the website, uh, it, what it is is that it has six episodes in the season, and each episode has two different stories in it, but it's done creep show, so it's going to be like Twilight Zone, horror, fucked up twist, what have you. So six episodes, two stories at each episode, and they have the whole, you know, what everything's about, and it tells you about it if you go on their site. So definitely check it out, because it sounds friggin' awesome. Uh, also, my daughter and I did see Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, that movie was awesome, man. What can I say? It was nothing different, nothing that'll blow your mind. You know what I mean? Some parts were hey, hey, but if you want a big action movie, if you love Marvel, for the kids, the Spider-Man, what have you, it was friggin' awesome. Had a couple good twists. Uh, uh, excuse me. It, 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 it was great. I can't even talk. Uh, the, what you call it, Mysterio was the bomb. I don't, I don't like to do spoilers, what have you, but I like Mysterio because they stuck true to him. Like in a comic book, when they'll have you tripping with illusions, making you think this is happening, that's happening, kind of like the Scarecrow can do, and Batman, but Mysterio does with his illusions, they had two big scenes with that in there, so that was very, very cool, and the movie overall was pretty good, so definitely go see Spider-Man Far From Home if you're a fan, it's good stuff, I'm um, still waiting to see the movie Midsommar, the horror movie, my daughter and I use Movie Pass. I won't lie, we also have the fire stick, if you know what I mean, we get all that crap at home, but uh, we love our Movie Pass, for like 15 bucks a month, you can literally go to the movies three times a month, and then uh, what you call it, all you gotta buy is your concession, so it's awesome. So we went to go see either Spider-Man or Midsummer Friday last Friday and kinda find out they're redoing the movie pass app, so you're not being charged right now, but you can't use it. So I'm waiting for Midsummer, you know, to watch it at home, but I haven't got a copy yet. So I'll let you know how that is. Uh also on a note that has nothing to do with this, there was an insane fight. I'm, I just throw everything at you guys. I like to just share. There was an insane fight in Disney World in front of Goofy's house. And no, it's not a joke. And you're probably like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Disney World, all that. But if you're a wrestling fan, you want to see something crazy, outlandish, shameful shit, you've got to go check it out on the Twitter. These, and I'm black and white myself. These brothers and sisters, I don't know what their beef was, but they were all in full-blown fistfights right in the middle of Disney World, right in front of Goofy's house, like knocking each other on the ground, men hitting women, all that. You've never seen anything like that. So as always, anything that I talk about anything that I go over, either in video or the articles or the results are right on my Twitter. It's on AEW Insider, and we have it on Facebook too. Join our group. Also, check out Jabba Jabba Wrestling Universe, my boy Two Tooth. But like I said, guys, thank you for always supporting me. The web, I mean, the podcast is doing friggin' awesome. I love it. It gives me motivation to keep it going. I will be back uh, right before Saturday doing a prediction show for Fight for the Falling, and right after with the results show and then i will have the prediction show for extreme rose and right after the result show so like i said you guys got me a lot this week this is what i do for my fans uh if you have any questions or you ever want to join the show or anything like that i have anything to share hit us up on twitter and facebook again my name is lee and this is the aew insider and we'll see you guys in a few days thanks for joining us